welcome to another edition of the Final Siren Podcast. We're going back to back today, uh, this time with a look at how the boys have gone around the nation. Of course, we had the NAB League back, the Sandful and the Waffle Colts back as well. So plenty of under-18s and 19s action to run you through. Of course, I'm your host, Michael Alvaro, and today joining me, as always, is Chief Editor Peter Williams. How are you today, Pete? Yeah, really looking forward to getting stuck into the boys. It's been a while since they've played. Obviously, a lot of these players or the Vic prospects particularly missed out last year. So keen to see how they all went on the weekend. And how are you? Yeah, me? I'm not too bad. Okay, that's good to hear, mate. So uh, we'll crack straight into the NAB League action. Of course, we had a standalone game uh, before this round one action that comes up as round two, annoyingly enough, in the fixtures. But anyway, we'll crack on. Greater Western Victoria on Thursday defeated the Geelong Falcons 12-9-81 to 9-4-58. That one was out in Ballarat. Who stood out to you, Pete, watching on in that game? Yeah, there were, there were quite a few good uh, talented draft prospects running around there. Josh Gibkiss's one dimension in defence was really, really strong with his intercept marking, rebounding. Just positioned himself really well in the contest, so I was really excited by the way he performed. Uh, Sam Butler was one as a small forward who uh, did some nice things. I really liked the way that he uh, got to the right positions, uh, crumbed the likes of Josh Wrench, who himself was pretty solid, uh, played a a traditional key forward role uh, and Blake Scott as well on the outside had some highlights through the middle terms uh, for the GWV and and for Geelong a, a kid by the name of Flynn Young really popped up uh, kicked a few goals and looked really strong on the lead um, good set shot probably could have ended the game with five uh, hit the post and had another uh, miss but ended up with 3-2 uh, Noel Gribble returned after that long stint off due to the ACL obviously didn't miss any games because of uh, COVID-19 pandemic last year but uh, he he started really strongly had a lot of touches Uh, Toby Conway the ruck as well was another one uh, some fierce ground level work and, and good tackling Absolutely. We had, of course, a double header on Good Friday out at Highgate Recreation Reserve. Calder Cannons in the first game going down 10-6-66 to Easton 14-14-98. And from what we saw, a pretty impressive return from a top five prospect there, Pete. Yeah, Tyler Sonzi was outstanding for Easton. You know, had the 34 touches with our draft central player of the week. So, He's, uh, you know, he's a sensational talent, um, really, really strong offensively and, and runs really hard um, forward to to pump the ball inside 50 and set up plays, can hit the scoreboard. And someone else who hit the scoreboard plenty was Corey Preston, kicked four goals and, and was just an absolute standout for the Rangers in that. Uh, and then you got like uh, Josh Goder and, and Zach Taylor among some of the other players for Calder who I, I know really st- stood out. And, um, you know, it was an even team performance, but Easton as a whole were just too strong. And the second game in that double header at uh, Craigieburn, of course, was Northern Knights 8 13 61, getting a winning start to their year against the Western Jets 7 10 52. Who were the standouts there? Yeah, so Joel Fitzgerald was um, unbelievable in defence for the Knights. He racked up the ball, probably second most for the round uh, behind Sonsi. So he was outstanding. Ned Long um, was probably the best on ground uh, from many reports. Had uh, quite the impact when he rested forward and and just had a real impact through the middle. So he was a a terrific player. And Darcy Wilmot is another one to keep an eye on throughout the season. Uh, Cody Rark was, uh, you know, the first two games have been good, but particularly that standalone game we briefly touched on earlier, you know, 31 touches and 11 or so rebounds. He was outstanding. So one to keep an eye on as an overager. Obviously was a part of the uh, Bulldogs Academy too. So worth mentioning that for Bulldogs fans. Uh, and then Paul Curtis as well, up forward, kicked uh, three goals. So was uh, was quite good as that small forward. So they, um, yeah, it, it was another solid game, but Northern uh, just too strong in that one. 
And from Metro to Country, we go out to Morwell where the Gippsland Power, the home side, 7648 went down to Dandenong, 121587. A pretty impressive display from the Stingrays there. Yeah, Connor McDonald uh, was one who kicked a few goals and, and worked really hard to get up the other end of the ground at times. Um, and Josiah Kyle was another one who really stepped up, made the team of the week. Um, and, and they had a really even contribution uh, from them. So uh, it was a real good uh, performance as a whole. And then you look at Gippsland and Max Walton was strong in defence and Tom Kroll was uh, great up forward, kicking an equal uh, round high of four goals. So um, they had a few contributors, but as a whole, uh, obviously Dan Long just had too much depth for the power in that one. Speaking of, Bendigo looks a much improved side after their 19-11-125 to 9-7-61 win over the Murray Bush Rangers on the road. Um, some really good quality talent uh, on display there. Who impressed you, Pete? Yeah, so there were a couple of 19-year-old uh, prospects, if you like. Charlie Byrne, uh, one of the unlucky ones not to go last year back at Murray. Uh, he was outstanding for the Bush Rangers and Sam Conforti for the Pioneers. There are a couple of... Um, ones who are hoping to stake their case this year. Uh, and then we go to one of the top prospects this year in Josh Rochelle. Absolute class, stood out at the under-16 champs and, and, you know, kicked 1-3, so probably could have impacted the scoreboard more, but, you know, just has his moments in his bursts that really stand out. And, and for Bendigo also, Xavier Mitchell was another uh, eye-catcher throughout the day, hitting the scoreboard and, and looking pretty solid in what was a really even team performance for the Pioneers. And arguably the game of the round, probably the one that everyone was waiting for, of course, the blockbuster between Sandringham and Oakley at RSCA Park on Easter Monday. That game finished 11-16-82 to 10-6-66. A lot of sixes there in favour of Sandringham. A really good comeback at the end there, Pete. Yeah, look, it was it lived up to expectations. We, we knew that would be the game of the round, the potential grand final preview, even though it's very early. We know these two teams are probably the two to beat. Um, and it, yeah, with all their top end talent in, it was just absolutely outstanding. Uh, I just felt that more of Sandringham's top end talent stood up and even some of their middle and, and maybe role players really stepped up. Uh, obviously, Campbell Chesser was uh, really good, uh, particularly late, had an impact. Uh, Lachlan Riley uh, on the outside, Flynn Callahan as well. Both of them won a lot of the ball through that midfield. Logan Young cracked in. Um, he sort of won it all over. He was fantastic coming from WA. And Jacob Edwards as well caught the eye. And, um, you know, uh, according to multiple people, that he's one that uh, will be looked at as a mid-season draft prospect potentially. So as a 19-year-old, he's one that's certainly... Uh, a, a tall that's in demand considering all the AFL tools that are going down at the moment. Uh, and, and for Oakley, like, I mean, we'll get to the main star in a moment, but, you know, Scott Bilby uh, in defence was great for probably three quarters and 18 minutes. Unfortunately, had a few blues at the end. But, um, look, for the majority of the game, he was f fantastic back there doing the toughest job uh, available. Uh, Ned Moyle in the ruck was fantastic and Pat Voss was another that caught the eye up forward. But... Um, I think we pretty much need our own segment for Nick Dacos and just how good he was, Michael. Oh, well, you know, go ahead, Pete. I know, obviously, as a Collingwood supporter, you're really excited to see him. And there was a pretty decent crowd out at RSCA Park in Moorabbin to watch that game. Um, what impressed you most about Nick Dacos, having finally seen him in his NAB League debut? Yeah, lucky. It was certainly a debut to remember in front of everyone. Um, <laughs> and that's, you know, 28 touches, kicked 
three goals, two, and, and a couple of them he could have got, so he could have finished with five, really. Um, had the eight marks, seven tackles, a uh, couple of inside 50s and three rebounds. He was just absolutely unbelievable throughout the game. Like, he just, he'd turn it on when they needed to. He kicked a Dacos-like goal in the third term. Like, it's just what you came to expect. And it was almost like what you would expect him to do um, from what you'd heard. Um, and obviously, no one had seen him for a couple of years, like a lot of these prospects, um, and how he would develop. Uh, exactly what you expected, it, it happened. So it was it would have pleased a lot of people, maybe not the Collingwood uh, recruiters, because obviously now they're probably tallying up the points and how much they need because it could be genuinely a Jamara Eugle-Hagen situation yep. again. I think it will be exactly that. And question without notice, a lot of people have Jason Horn number one at the moment um, after a, a really good body of work last year. Will Dacos get ahead of him? Yeah, well, that's, that's the big question. I, I think that you're looking at Horn for consistency across the board, not really a weakness, but then Dacos is just that eye catcher, not that Horn isn't. Um, he's an absolutely unbelievable player, but Dacos just that eye-catching everything, really. Um, so I think we're going to see... I'm looking forward to the champs, particularly if they end up going head-to-head at any stage. Like, that'll be fantastic. And, um, yeah, I think I think Dacos has just moved ahead at one just for what he could produce. So, But I, I think, you know, it's, it's a standout from both those players. Looking forward to seeing much more of Nick Dacos, of course, during the NAB League season and also in the VFL, hopefully, as well. But uh, he'll be going head-to-head with Tyler Sonzi, of course, the player of the week, as we mentioned, this week. So... Uh, Eastern against Oakley uh, on the weekend will be a pretty exciting one to watch as well. But a player we mentioned there as well, Jason Horn in the Sample. We move over to South Australia and he played league, of course, um, carrying on from his form last year. Uh, kicked a goal from 19 touches, so a really promising start to his year. We had Jackson Callow move over from Tasmania and debut the big key forward for Norwood. Uh, Cooper Murley for the same team, the Red Legs, obviously played Rezies, and uh, Nasaya Wanganeen also played at that level for Glenelg. So plenty of players playing up in South Australia. But in terms of the under-18s, Pete, we're going to take you through the results and you'll tell me all about the good players from that state, we had Glenelg 9-17-71, defeating West Adelaide 6-9-45. There was North Adelaide 18-12-120, getting up over Central District 9-17-71. Uh, Sturt 16-11-107, defeating Woodville West Torrens 10-7-67. And then lastly, South Adelaide 12-7-79, getting up over Norwood 10-6-66. So, Game by game, who were some of the standouts there and um, some of the players to watch going forward? Yeah, so if we're looking across the whole uh, whole competition, I think it's hard to look past Morgan Ferris for his six goals, four and ten marks uh, in Sturt's win over the Eagles there. Like, he was absolutely outstanding. Brad Jeffries and, and Will Spain were also really impressive. Like, Spain through the midfield with that eight clearances, 29 touches uh, was really great. Um and, you know, you look across the board at some of the other top performers. Lewis Rayson uh, had the 31 touches and Harry Tunkin as well. Um, Harry McGuinness kicked the 2-6, of course, uh, for West Adelaide in that... Uh, sorry, for Glenelg in that game. Um, and if you look at, uh, uh, you know, quite a few... Isaac Keeler, who's obviously won for next year, that's really highly touted as part of the Adelaide NGA, that unfortunately the new rules are not going to help. Yeah. Um, unlucky for the Crows. Uh, he kicked five goals too in that, and Hugh Jackson had 37 touches, which is a fair effort, but there's a few uh, roosters there who really stood out. Harvey Harrison, 33. Blaine O'Loughlin, 29. And then if you look at South, you've got Arlo Draper and Matty Roberts, who are a couple to really keep an eye on this year, 25 touches and kick goals. And um, You know, there, there were standouts across the board, but who else were some of the ones that caught your eye? Well, you mentioned there, I mean, Arlo Draper and Matty Roberts are two who I think will do really well to crack 
league level for South this year. I think um, they're probably up to it, but that South Adelaide team is really, really strong. Of course, have players like Bryce Gibbs and Jason Horn. He's probably taking both of their spots, to be honest. So um, really exciting talents there. Uh, I like the look of Blaine O'Loughlin, obviously, an Adelaide NGA. And Isaiah Dudley playing on the opposition in that game, of course, got back to action with 18 touches and a goal. Uh, Cody Gilchrist, a decent forward target there. Kobe Ryan, outstanding for West Adelaide. He looks a real silky prospect. So plenty across the board. Um, Lewis Rayson, also worth, worth mentioning, excuse me, uh, played a bit of midfield. So in his 31 touches, spent a bit of time on a couple of lines. So uh, plenty of good action there out of South Australia and just so many prospects. Um, we're going to keep an eye on, obviously, expanded our coverage last year, Pete, and got a, a good look at these South Australians. Yeah, no, definitely. South Australia's got quite a bit of talent coming through and they're benefiting from having played last year. So uh, some of them will hopefully move up to more of the senior level. And, and obviously guys like Jackson Callow, as you mentioned earlier, like players that maybe didn't get drafted and they've now tested themselves at a higher level, which I think is perfect for Callow because obviously dominating the TSL is, is good, but to step up to the sample level, if he can really have a good season, um, he should be in consideration for a mid-season draft potentially for someone needing a, a tall key forward. Yeah, plenty of prospects in that boat, of course, around the nation uh, with the state leagues back in the NAB League too. Uh, we move over to Western Australia. Pete, I'm going to let you take the reins here and run through a few of the big results and, and some of the players who caught your eye. But worth noting, Jacob Van Ruyen, probably uh, West Australia's best prospect at this stage, the big key forward for Claremont, made his league debut and kicked a couple goals. So one big prospect to look out for there. But Pete, take over. Yep, he was going to be the one to watch. So I'll uh, I'll go look, run through the results. And East Frio defeated Peel Thunder by 10. Uh, East Perth smashed Subiaco in a massive upset over the reigning premiers. South Frio defeated West Perth by 14. And Swan Districts defeated Claremont by 5. So there's quite a few there. Um, in interesting results uh, to roll around. Um, and obviously Luke Polson uh, kicked five goals uh, in for Peel uh, despite that. Moss and obviously uh, Jack Williams was another on the other team for four goals, four from 15 hitouts for the Sharks. So that was fantastic. And um, they had quite a few standouts uh, across the board, like particularly the South Freo West Perth game, quite a lot in there. Um, Jesse Motlop, obviously an interest for uh, Fremantle NGA, a son of Daniel, uh, having the 17 touches, two goals. Uh, and uh, Julian Hulton kicked six goals as well. And, and Caleb Stevens had 22 touches. Uh, Luke Riley was really impressive uh, with his zip in that match. And uh, Lachlan Patton as well was pretty classy. Rhett Bazo uh, in in the later game uh, went forward, kicked 2-4, and, and Max Chipper as well, 24 touches. But um, obviously you saw a bit of the waffle on the weekend, so a few of those players expand on or some of the ones that uh, really caught your eye. Yeah, well, Jesse Motlop was probably one who's going to, I guess, pique most people's interest, of course, the son of Daniel in a Fremantle NGA. So... He won't be available as a father-son for North or Port. Daniel played for as well, I believe. So um, didn't play enough games there, but a Freo NGA. And um, they're going to try to keep a lid on him, but he's pretty exciting. A um, bit of a raw forward who also rolled through the midfield. He probably looks a little more comfortable up forward at this stage, but has a lot of confidence, really backs himself and uh, might play a bit of senior footy this year, having also run out for Wanderers in the NTFL um, of late. So uh, some good experience for him there. I thought Josh Brown was also good for East Freo. Obviously, uh, one of their talents that really impressed last year too. He had plenty of the ball and kicked a couple of goals. And Jack Williams, as you mentioned, 4-4. 
Um, a really good effort there from him. Luke Paulson, another good goal kicker. And um, Neil Erasmus is a guy who is going to attract plenty of attention for Subiaco. Um, despite their massive loss, they've probably had a lot of top-end talent really fall out of that team after the premiership there. So, um, yeah, lots of impressive players. And I thought um, Zach Fleiner, the halfback, as you mentioned there, from West Perth, really impressive under the helmet. So he might turn into a bit of a cult figure going forward, Pete. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, as we said, look, the Waffle obviously has some chances for the top talents. We saw Logan McDonald step up to senior level last year and now what he's been able to do with Sydney at AFL level. So for Van Ruin, it's certainly a chance for him with Claremont to really have that impact and potentially go down the same route. We're sort of looking at the same sort of projection in terms of that potential top 10 talent. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes and particularly when he comes up to the champs, which is something that McDonald as a top ager didn't get to do. Obviously, bottom ager, but not top ager. So, um, and that's something personally I'm really looking forward to seeing these uh, kids all back at champs after many of them, the 19-year-olds obviously missed out last year if they missed out on being drafted, but for some of the other ones who um, maybe missed out on 16 champs coming up uh, as bottom ages. So going to be a, a good time, but certainly looking forward to more footy getting underway over the coming weeks. Definitely. Those championships, always the best time of the year, and we're going through it with the girls at the moment. So um, that's always exciting, and we look forward to those games, of course, with a bit of a rejig um, with them throughout the year. But that just about wraps up our coverage of all the action from around the nation. Obviously, round one in the Sample Waffle, and NAB League over the weekend. Um, thank you for joining me, Pete. It's been great to have you by my side once again. Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed checking out some of the uh, latest prospects for this year. Make sure you keep an eye out on draftcentral.com.au. That's afl.draftcentral.com.au for all of our scouting notes, updates, wraps, um, and plenty more draft-related content going forward this year. We've got a lot to cover from around the nation and make sure you check out our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter at Draft Central Oz. But until next time on the Final Siren Podcast, I've been your host Michael Alvaro. We'll catch you next time.